all set and ready to fly for another two hours tonight. Live on Race Time Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 167. Good evening, everyone. I'm Joe Chisholm, along with Joe Chisholm Jr., right here, firmly planted in the RTR studio. What's going on there, Jr.? No racing this weekend, but we got lots to talk about. Yeah, down south got the snow. We ha. didn't. Yeah. Not yet, at least. Southern Ontario. Exactly. That's what I mean. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, you know, Guelph and, and uh, you know, down towards Toronto, Niagara Falls is getting hammered with snow right now. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. And we haven't got any. No. Not yet. No. Not yet. And usually, you know, we're in the snow belt. Yeah. So yeah. It's normally us. So we are kind of giggling at you guys, you know, looking from, from all the way up here. Um, Seen a post Mike Schmidt had on there. We yep. got like six inches still coming down. Yep. He got but that's good news for him, right? Mr. Yeah, Snowcross. He, he prays for snow. I know. I think he's one of the only guys in the racing community that looks up and... You know, really wants the snow to fall. Well, they will be getting ready to go for uh, Duluth coming yes. up next weekend, where Snowcross will open up down south of Absolutely. the border, and then uh, CSRA will fire up up here. I imagine sometime in December. But what we're gonna do? Um, I don't know. Maybe even next week, we're gonna try and grab Ken a van from yeah. Snowcross, get him on here and talk her up, find out what's going on. Of course. We're not going to have any wheels doing any squealing anytime soon, so it uh, might be a good idea to talk some snowcross for a night. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting. Obviously, they're up against the same, you know, uh, no crowds and COVID all those crap. things. Yeah, COVID yeah, yeah. crap that, uh, that the, the stock car community is up against and the rest of the world, I guess. But, but when you look at it, uh, you would think that uh, it's a little bit more accessible because some of their venues that they do uh, aren't necessarily venues for crowds, right? right so, right, right. so there might be some opportunity there where where you know if you're a gearhead, you might be able to see some snowcross. But uh, um, yeah, definitely, it'll be an interesting chat if we can get uh, Ken on the program, and we'll, we'll uh, kind of cover everything off. Yeah, we'll do that in the coming weeks. But we do have lots to talk about here tonight Tons. on Race Time Radio. We're going to spend some time in the province of Ontario. Uh, we're going to spend some time talking East Coast, but down South. Then we're going to go all the way down to the South with what I'm going to say, Junior, and I don't think there's anybody that would argue, uh, Mr. Short Track, when it comes time for super late model racing in North America. Uh, we're going to talk to that guy, and we're also going to talk to the voice of Cascar from back in the day. Uh, we've got... Anthony Leake coming up to talk Lake of the Woods Speedway. He's got his dirt track, fired out all kinds of photos throughout the course of the week. And uh, very cool to see what they're doing at Lake of the Woods just outside Kenora, Ontario. Um, new Speedway that's up there wasn't brand new. Uh, it's been going for a couple of years now, but they are getting bigger and better as things progress. We'll catch up tonight with Anthony Leake off the top. We'll also catch up with Cole Butcher. He and his brother Jared down south preparing for the Snowball Derby that's going to be coming up. Of course, it's a couple of weeks away, but Cole down there getting fitted and getting set. We'll find out uh, what all he and Jared have got going on down south. Then we'll catch up with Hubba Bubba Pollard. Yeah, Mr. Bubba. Uh, he won the Governor's Cup and uh, won a lot of races this year. Maybe not the season that he is used to having, though, Junior. Um, Bubba used to, uh, used to doing a lot of winning. Uh, he struggled a little bit at times this year. 
Yeah, there was a little bit of a struggle through uh, uh, through the middle portion of the year. I guess you could say at the beginning of the year, kicked it off well, and uh, you know, obviously picked up uh, a huge win over at Jennerstown Speedway. Um, you know, and and you know, a handful of of really strong finishes throughout. But uh, uh, leading into uh, the Snowball Derby, you know, mm. not much momentum. Um, you know, through through the the big Crown Jewel races, if you will. Um, you know, like the All American Four Hundred and and the Winchester 400 where you expect him to go cash the big checks um, struggled a little bit just shows you and can't win them all all the time it right? shows the depth of competition nah. that you see in yeah. super late model racing right now um, you, you know super late model racing in the United States has always had supreme competition yes um, if if you can win a handful of races in super late models you are a wheel man yep. and yep. Um, Bubba's won way more than a handful um, <laughs> yeah. and and he is you know today's version of, of a guy like junior Hanley he's uh, exactly I, you know you gotta he's a, a you know dick trickle if you will he's a he's a uh, he's a legend in super late model racing and yep. um, you know, it seems like it's generational, right? There's always that type of guy. Mm. Um, and, you know, there's there's a handful of others that are coming up through um, and, and kind of staking their claim. Um, but Bubba Pollard is obviously a, uh, a, a superstar when it comes time for asphalt, super late model racing. Uh, it'll be cool to catch up with them. Obviously, there was some news that came out, uh, you know, last week, um, I, I guess, it was the week prior, was it the week prior? But the announcement uh, that uh, he'd be, you know, stepping away from Seneca, uh, stepping into a Van Dorn car uh, with TK Racing, and and uh, that's you know a huge, huge news, you sure. know. But yeah, uh, you, you see that in the in in the the Cold War era of of uh, you know chassis games right now that that's being played out there, and and uh, there's there's some really interesting stats that came out of the Van Dorn camp uh, through through the course of, of 2020. And, um, you know, it'll be really interesting to see what a guy like Bubba Pollard can do strapping into one of them cars. Talk about uh, the, a timely pickup. Right now is a good time for you to hit your stride and, you know, be red hot heading into the Snowball Derby for 2020. Um, good timing, real good timing. Coming out, coming off the Governor's Cup, um, and the TM Ranch on the hood of that car, yeah, made me feel good when I seen that photo. I'll tell you, yeah. David Rogers. I always, always look forward to catching up with David Rogers. Every year I went to Speed Weeks, I spent lots of time in his trailer talking to him. And uh, man, I tell you what, I miss New Smyrna. I miss David Rogers. Uh, and to see that TM Ranch on the hood of that car, Bubba in it, I was some happy, I'll tell you. And I guarantee David was looking down going, right on, kid. Absolutely. Yeah, I can hear him. I can hear him a in staple, my head. A staple at New Smyrna, right? Yeah. And, and really, yeah, yeah. Well, a staple in all Southern Super Late Model Racing. But, uh, you know, the, the friendship that they had, um, you know, was was definitely pretty cool. You could just see it, you know. Yeah. You, you could just see the, the, uh, the you know, the friendship that they had, you know, through the interviews that that Bubba did uh, when he went to Victory Lane or or when he won the championship in the in the TM Ranch car in the Super yep. Late Models uh, at New Smyrna for Speed Weeks, and um, you know when you see him in Victory Lane, uh, obviously it was it was an emotional deal, right? It's, sure, uh, sure. TM Ranch at New Huge. Smyrna, uh, um, yep, yep, um, and and as well, 
you know, it was it was they knew it. It was the final race for Seneca and, and himself and, and Seneca and himself have, have had an illustrious career. Yep. Um, and, uh, you know, it's it definitely uh, there, there was a lot of, of positives that came out of the Governor's Cup. But uh, it'll be it'll be interesting. It seems like every year there's always that storyline mm. that jumps out of the Governor's Cup, doesn't yep. it? Yep. It seems like every single year, whether it be a feel good story, you know, of a new winner or or, you know, a, a, a somebody veteran. gaining momentum, a yep. veteran. Um, it seems like every single year uh, you can't talk about the Derby without talking about the the, the Governor's Cup. Yeah. And, yeah, and yeah. Um, you know, obviously one of our drivers that we're going to be talking to tonight, Cole Butcher, didn't get a chance to go down and, and really hasn't had a chance to go down to the U.S. Um, at all. All summer. All summer. Yep. Um, a, a guy that you would have seen likely at the Winchester 400, guaranteed at the Nashville 400, had the rules been different, right. had he not had to take 14 days when he comes back here to Canada, um, I, I think you would have seen... I know you would have seen Cole Butcher at both of those races. Yeah. Um, yep. So, uh, but again, one of those one of those non momentum things, or or one of the, the the toughest things to get over is not having momentum when you head into the Derby. <laughs> yeah. He yeah, doesn't yeah. have any right. He yeah. doesn't have any seat time this year. So. Only had a couple of races. But he'll be chomping at the bit to get out there. Yeah, he sure will. We'll also catch up tonight, as mentioned, the voice of Cascar, Canada's national tour. Before NASCAR came along and bought up Cascar from Tony Novotny, Ron Sinclair, he lives out in B.C. now. Ronnie Sinclair going to join us on this show tonight, and we're going to talk about him being inducted into the Canadian Motorsports Hall of Fame coming up in February. So I'm really looking forward to catching up with Ron Sinclair tonight, as I am all the guests. What? It's funny, because I've been on this kick of watching vintage races. Yeah. I mean... The old Cascar races that are on YouTube, the mm. old ASA and ACT races that are on YouTube. Yep. Uh, I know I called you downstairs yeah. to watch the Sauble Speedway ACT uh, 300 yep. Uh, yep. just the other day. Um, but, you know, I've watched probably nine Cascar races. Have you? And, and uh, to be honest with you, I did not remember Ron Sinclair's voice. Oh, really? Because it was, you know, well, kind of. Yeah, it's back there before it, your time, it, it, really. It really was. And. Uh, but as soon as I heard him the first time, it clicked because, you know, we used to watch races as a kid, yep. the Cascar races um, that were on TV, and uh, it clicked for sure. And, and I instantly knew who Ron Sinclair was, and, and uh, you know, it just I'm really looking forward to catching up with him. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Great show lined up. Sure, hope you can stick around here live tonight on Sirius XM, Channel 167, Canada Talks. It's race time radio. We're going to hit this break. When we come back, Anthony Leake, Lake of the Woods, Kenora. We're going to talk some dirt racing next. Stay with us. Hey, Rick Graham, you're listening to Race Time Radio. From coast to coast, coast. you're listening to Canada Talks. Rev TV is Canada's own motorsports network, featuring live races and rallies from around the world and right here at home. Rev TV is your destination for motorsports action 24-7. Even though Napa is a nationally known name, nearly all of our stores are built from the ground up by local owners and families. People you might call neighbors will be here, there, and everywhere. Doing what neighbors do to keep their communities moving forward. You stop by a Napa Auto Parts store, 
you can count on Napa know-how. Alexa, play NASCAR radio on Sirius XM. Sirius XM NASCAR radio from Sirius XM. Start your engine! Get access to NASCAR's biggest name. Martin Truex Jr. Kyle Busch. Chase Elliott. Hear live coverage of every single race. They're side by side for the win. Oh! It's unfiltered 24-7 NASCAR. Welcome to Victory Lane. We've got breaking news. Let's go to the hotline. This is Sirius XM NASCAR radio channel 90. Listen on the app or at home on devices equipped with Amazon Alexa. Learn more at SiriusXM.com slash NASCAR. Tonight's Race Time Radio is brought to you by Napa Auto Parts Stores, New Glasgow, Andy Ganesh, and Port Hawkesbury, Nova Scotia. You can count on Napa know-how. If you're a Springsteen fan, you just found the promised land. Hear rare interviews and performances. Live concerts. Is there anybody alive? DJs. This is Rob Lowe. Hey, baby, it's little Steven here. And more exclusives when listening to Bruce Springsteen's channel. Welcome, Bruce Springsteen, to E Street Radio, your home away from home. Great to be here. E Street Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 20. Race time radio to go. Streaming live or on demand. Welcome back, everybody, to Race Time Radio. What do you say, Junior? We get to that hotline. Let's welcome in guest number one tonight, all the way up just outside Kenora, Ontario, almost at that Manitoba border. And uh, he's going to give us a full update on Lake of the Woods Speedway, that beautiful dirt track coming together just up there in northern Ontario. Let's welcome him in, Anthony Leak. What's going on tonight? Hi, brother. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. It's cold. <laughs> yeah, welcome to uh, uh, late November, right? That's right. Yeah, man, you've been, uh, you never know, it's late November with the photos you were putting out on Facebook this week. you got a lot, you got a lot happening. Yeah, you know, we had a lot planned for this fall of work to do at the track, mainly because the one week we had to really get stuff done, it ended up raining for hauling material in. And so as a result, um, we weren't able to do much else. The contractors got very busy, and uh, right now we don't have any material on site to to build anything. So we have to haul it in. Not very far. It's almost right across the road, about 800 meters away. But uh, we really lucked out. The Pioneer, which is the company that uh, we've been working with over the last couple of years on hauling in any gravel and different material, and um, they had to move their road. They moved the the road that goes to their their pit because they want to expand uh blasting of rock to uh to basically where the road is and so they had to move the road over and they had a bunch of overburden from the previous time they had cleaned off many many years ago and so they uh we worked out uh, a way to get it to the track uh, once they were kind of done paving so the last couple of weeks we've been hauling quite a bit of material to expand our pit area which just doesn't have the room um, that we would like, and and while this summer we we had an opportunity with no fans to have extra spark, parking spots, um, you know, if next year things are looking different and we have more fans available to come out, well, we're going to have to uh, expand our parking area for the for the race cars because we we did have a good turnout of that. Yeah, and you want to have lots of parking available. That's all good news. And man, what a murderous season! How many events did you get in this year, uh, Anthony? Well, we really lucked out. Like when it when all this stuff started coming down in the middle of March, we we kind of realized that we'd have to, you know, we had it originally scheduled the first weekend of June as the opener, and and you know as we headed towards April, we we felt it was 
prudent of us to at least delay, cancel the month of June and, uh, and, and move our practices back. So, you know, by working with other racetracks in Ontario and, and working that way with the health unit, um, we ran three practices on the 23rd of May and then two in June. Uh, then we raced July 10th, and, and July 10th was really good. We had a you know record number of cars uh, from the Emo area and, and Manitoba area, and uh, we canceled the following week, and then we ran our two-day show. What well, would have been a two-day uh, full spectacle on the long weekend in August, we had no fans. Um, we added the Wissota Modifieds as an additional class. We used up all the parking we possibly could for 56 race cars in four classes. And uh, we had a heck of a, we went on pay-per-view and we had a heck of a two-day show. And if it wasn't for the sponsorship that we got for that two-day show, there's no way we would have had another uh, five races, race weekends we ran after that. Uh, we ran, uh, you know, almost pretty much the exact same amount of races we ran last year, which was seven uh, we got to run it again this year, of course, no fans, but, uh, you know, if it wasn't for the community support from the sponsors and the drivers and individuals that helped put money for the payout and everything, there's mm. no way we would have had the, the success that we had. Yeah, uh, uh, incredible, and that's what it all came down to this year. I've seen it as well in Ontario when it comes time for any kind of racing that we've seen. Uh, sponsorship definitely played a huge role. If it didn't, it, you know, if you didn't have any sponsorship, you were sunk because, of course, no fans. But uh, fingers crossed, things look good for next year. If they can get these vaccines out and start getting everybody vaccinated, then uh, maybe, maybe, just maybe by the time, uh, you know, it's time to go green, we'll be able to get some fans in the stands and uh, get life back to normal. In saying that, uh, did you see any real bright spots this year? Any new race teams that are going to show promise heading into 2020 or 2021? Yeah, you know, we had a, a good increase in our pure stocks and our four cylinders for locals here. And I know when we've talked previously, you know, the big question was, you know, where we get cars, what kind of interest are we going to get? Get And, you know, we had uh, about six six or seven local pure stocks come into the class this year in addition to, you know, the travelers we've been getting. Like last year, our first full season was really, you know, we had two or three, and some nights we didn't have any pure stocks. Well, we were between at least six to ten every almost every single week this year, and, uh, you know, those numbers kept going up, and, and we have some young people in the, in the four cylinders, Hillary and, and Haley Moncrief, um, they they got a four cylinder because one of the drivers last year, Wanda Marshall, who was a track champion, went into pure stock, and they bought a really competitive car, and they were taking turns racing. I think they're going to get a car each next year because they don't want to really share the driver's seat. So, you know, it, it's uh, we've had just tremendous success this year. I think that's considering the whole deal with COVID. This was this was this turned out way better than I would have expected. Not only have we added you know six to ten new local drivers and more for next year. I mean, I've talked to so many people and they're just like, yeah, we got a car lined up. We just got to put a roll cage in, or we got to get around to finishing it up, or picking it up, or whatever the case is. So, you know, I, it's it's hard for to, to it's hard to think of positive things when we think of COVID as a whole with with people uh, dealing with isolation and, and, and uh, people getting sick and ICUs. And, you know, it's not a lot of good news there. But when it came to the summertime for us here, um, I don't know if you could have got much better other than getting the fans <laughs> at the track. Yeah. I think the rest of it turned out really good. Absolutely. It's, it seems like, it, you know, across the board, there's there's little things being, being you know, that 
that are takeaways, um, you know, whether it be how fans get in through the gate or whether it be, you know, all, all the different all the different things that, that the racetracks have to deal with paying, uh, you know, teams paying a, a, a lump sum uh, to come in as opposed to paying at the back gate or or cashless transactions, things like that, that that, you know, hadn't happened in the past. Um, it seems like there's all these different things that that are prop that are that are cropping up from the um you know, from the pandemic itself. Uh, but I, I think that on the other side of this deal, we're going to see a different racing industry because of it. And I, I, I think there's some, some, some bright spots for sure. Um, Anthony, looking at uh, um, the, the track itself, obviously dirt, dirt tracks, um, you know, a big portion of a successful dirt track is, is the dirt preparation, uh, the type of dirt that they have, whether it holds moisture or whether it doesn't, um, or, or whether it slicks off or it doesn't. Um, it, it seems like racetracks, you know, on the, on the dirt side, that, that's a huge deal um, to a, a successful dirt track. When you look at your track... Um, it's a different color than a majority of short track or dirt tracks out there. Um, and, and it seems like you guys have a little bit of a different base up there. And I know that we, we had the conversation, you know, right when you guys were just launching. Um, but, but how is the surface holding up and is it, is it holding up the way that you want it to? We've had to change the way we did things originally, mostly because we've had better equipment come by. You know, we, we were able to acquire a, a, a really old tanker, fire tanker truck, 1,700 gallons, and that helped a lot with our watering and the consistency of our water. Unfortunately, the pipe we had had some issues of plugging up and so on, so we're going to have to fix that so we'd have strips of dry. Um, but, you know, between the big truck and the little spritzer truck we had, we, we managed pretty good. Um, and the grader has been hugely beneficial compared to our first uh, year where we had a couple of races only. It was an old 1920s pull behind blade on a tractor. So, you know, we've really tried to, you know, it's like learning a whole bunch of new different things with it and different conditions. And I mean, when it's tacky, it's tacky fast and it's just nuts. Um, especially even for having a little banking, but we've run out of surface. We've, uh, we actually ended up blowing out a couple holes where we had rain all morning and we we tried to get it into shape and it really roughed up i had a great intermission and it held up just enough to get through but what we realized is that the 14 inches we had on in 2017 well in some places where the cars are really hitting it uh we're back to the subsurface so i tried to cover them up as best i could um but the reality is we're going to have to put new clay on it and so the plan was to do it this fall uh and to reshape the backstretch and raise it quite a bit at about five or six inches of clay all the way around, uh, and then the backstretch will go right to the rock up before it was about 10 feet off, and we had a wall in front. Um, but we're going to have to lift that up to three feet on that uh, rock cut and then put in a new wall on the backstretch. So the track, uh, I thought, held up pretty well throughout the year. It was really smooth throughout the majority of the year. We managed the dust as best we could because, you know, afternoon dirt track racing it can be tough especially with a little bit of a breeze. And we did have a, we do have clay that's a little siltier, so that can happen. So you have to take active management, and that's what made a big difference in, in our racing program. But, yeah, the, the material we got is going to be covered up and, and redone again um, for a variety of reasons. So it's going to be a brand-new racetrack again next year. <laughs> and that's the thing, right? That's yeah. the thing about it. When you, when you look at, yeah, when you look at, uh, you know, I, I, I think back, uh, I believe the, the track is called Lucas Oil, um, Raceway Park. It was it was a big facility. 
that was built up. Um, and, and it was the, you know, they fought the exact same problem. They kept blowing the, the, the dirt away, right? right and they they right. kept going down to, going down to the subsurface and, and, um, they, they ended up having to, you know, get creative on the, on the mixture side. And I, you know, uh, being where you are, uh, I would imagine that you're up against a lot of gravelly product as opposed to clay product, right? right. Just because you're, rock. you're, you're in definitely a difficult area. But that being said, when you get down to the clay that is on on top of the rock, you guys would have really high quality quality clay. Um, so it would it would be really interesting geographically. Um, you know that's something that has stood out to me about dirt track racing across the board. Like when you look at a dirt track in Florida or, or Georgia, and you compare that to a place like Oshwiken, or you compare that to a place like you know Castrol Raceway Park, um, right. the the geography and and the geology, I guess, yeah. of of the the product itself. Um, there's such a variant there, and uh, it's it's definitely cool. Yeah, that's and that's the real issue we have in, in Kenora here is that it's a lot of bedrock, mm-hmm. and if you're in a low lying area that might be a little bit swampy or whatever, it's more of a clay loam, and of course loam has a high amount of sand and silt in it, which causes a lot of the dust and. When we hauled the original clay, we hauled from one pit that was was 60% clay, 20% sand, 20% silt. And I knew that there would be a dust issue, especially even with high levels of clay. The problem with high levels of clay, like 60 70% clay, is that it takes so much moisture to get to saturate it to make it the real sticky good stuff. You need to have a bit of a comet at, you know, 30 to 40% clay and with other types of organics usually balances out a little bit better, but if you can get enough water on it, 60% clay is actually really good because you can have a good hard surface but still be relatively tacky or have some grip in it. You're not relying on the tires as much as you would if it was always slicking off right away. We did haul some material from further north at the time because it was too wet to get into the other pit when we were first hauling this clay. That was a much darker, blacker type stuff that has high clay content but less of the loam kind of portion of it. And that's where we're hoping to get the material from this coming spring once half loading comes off we're hoping to put a couple days in which is the later season for next year into the end of june um and then hopefully that will help with the surface with more a little bit more consistency uh along the board but finding clay in this town was hard it's 30 minutes a round trip to haul a load of clay that's the closest i could find it yeah that's um, gets expensive right it can get expensive. If it wasn't for the support of the community, uh, Moncrief Construction Limited, uh, you know, they did so much work out there originally, and I, and I know they're very supportive again. And, uh, you know, I couldn't do it without without the community. There's just no way. And uh, I'm eternally in debt to so many people, individuals, contractors, businesses, for helping this become a reality. I mean, there's no way I could have done it myself. And uh, and that's really what Lake of the Woods Speedway is built upon. It's really built upon the grassroots development connection and community that uh, that I just love. I grew up in it back home in Emo, and I'm so glad it exists in this town, too. We're with Anthony Leak tonight talking Lake of the Woods Speedway just outside Kenora, Ontario. Track went in couple of years ago, they were really hoping to have a good 2020, and then presto, here comes a pandemic just to screw them all up, as it did everybody. 
but making the best of a of a bad situation. They got out of the gate. They got some racing in. And I know, Anthony, you and I back and forth, uh, chatting back and forth, I said, man, I'd like to get Ricky Weiss on this show. Uh, Ricky has turned into quite a racer, World of Outlaw, being very successful. And uh, I could remember back in the early days of Race Time Radio, you were at Emo Speedway uh, in Fort Francis, Ontario, and Ricky Weiss, one of those regulars that would come in back when he was starting out, getting wins. And I remember having him on Race Time Radio. Do you ever see the day that maybe Lake of the Woods uh, picks up the World Outlaws on the way by and you get a guy like Ricky back in at your track, hoping to get, uh, you know, a Canadian back in Victory Lane in one of the biggest dirt tours there is? You know what? He, uh, I remember a couple of years ago he bugged me about it. I think it was the, the last year he was before he started World of Outlaws. I think it would have been or when he was just starting to kind of get into that foray a little bit and uh, had done a couple races here or there. And uh, he did ask me that question. So when are you getting late models in Canar? I'm like, geez, i got to make sure I can turn laps with whatever other cars we can find for now. <laughs> so, um, yeah, you know, he, uh, him and I have known each other a long time, and I've interviewed him from a couple races that he's run, and, and he won his first super truck race, I believe, in Emo in 2005, which just happened to be the first special event I ever promoted when I was 21 at that time. He would have been, I don't know, 17, maybe 18. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, you know, he's uh, he's a heck of a driver, and he had a really good team, and his uh, family's, you know, 100% behind him, and he's just, he's been, he's improved so much, you know. Like, before, when he first started out, it was the, you know, he just keep racing and racing, and I know his first Wasota Championship, I think he had, like, 90 races or something and won the championship, and, and I think second place only had, like, 70 shows in. And then the next year, he had probably the least amount of shows of anyone in the top 10 and was really successful. So you really could see, if you paid close attention to him every year, you could see him improve and improve. So it was just a natural thing for him to get to where he is in the world of outlaws because you could if you paid close attention to his career you would have seen that continual improvement year after year yeah and him improving and coming along and going up the ladder and that's a cool part uh another big name that came out of fort francis ontario back in your day was steve harpin we've seen him win arca races and go on and run you know in the xfinity series back when it was nationwide and uh you know do, doing rallycross now ever hear from steve-o uh, I have on occasion, uh, we don't talk directly too much these days, although we were in shop class together in grade nine, so <laughs> I if that means anything. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, but yeah, you know, him and I, um, you know, we've, we've had long conversations in, in the past, and I know we did come to Emo, I think, in 2016 and, and drove a Midwest mod for practice. That's a little known secret for people. He drove Cody Ostchuk's car, who's a, who, he's a four, uh, time track championship in Emo. And, uh, and so, you know, Steve's just, I've always kept a close eye on that. His, my grandfather was, was friends with his dad years ago. And, uh, Chuck Arpin was a race car driver for a lot of years. He used to race against my uncle. Uh, my uncle Peter was a modified and late model driver in the nineties. So, you know, those families, they just, they all kind of stay connected. And, and, uh, it's funny how the stories intertwine. And, you know, I wish I keep a very close eye on Steve. And I actually created the original Wikipedia page for Steve. So if you could look up Steve Arpin on Wikipedia, I helped out a lot with that too. So, um, yeah, it's great to see locals from small towns to be successful like Steve Arpin and, and, and even Ricky, you know, I know Winnipeg's a lot bigger city, but you know, it's, it's still grassroots dirt track racing to see them on that national and, and, and somewhat international scale. Um, 
you know, it's just it makes you proud of, of what we can produce in these at these little racetracks. Absolutely. And you guys do a dynamite job. Uh, Schedule-wise for 2021, uh, how aggressive are you guys going to be? When are the plans going to unfold for next year? So we released a schedule, a tentative schedule this past week. Um, we're going to run the fourth annual Stay in Kenora 100, which is February 14th of the Family Day weekend. Uh, we run a single-cylinder Enduro of 100 laps, which has become hugely popular. We had five sleds the first year, 11 the second year. We had 17 last year, and then we added twins the last two years. And its first year, we only had two. Last year, we had 11 twins, and I expect us to have at least 20 twins in, in the maximum field of 20 for the Enduro. So really looking forward to that race. Fans or no fans, we're going to run it. Um, and then we're going to start June 19th. We'll be practice. It's a brand new racetrack if we get the clay going. So we have to start a little bit later in the year because we want to get the track in good shape and that wall up and everything else ready to go. Uh, so the 19th will probably be a big practice for a lot of drivers because it'll be a brand new surface again. And then the following week, we're going to race, uh, the Friday nights and we're going to run, I think, four Fridays in a row, take a week off. And then it'll be a two day show again for the long weekend in August with Wissota Modified. It's called the Dinner Jacket Classic Series. Then we'll run two Sundays and then a week off for Emo Fair, which they run their two-day show. And then we run a season championship and then a season finale in September. And we hope to have the Winnipeg Super Trucks back for two nights of the year as well. So nothing really too aggressive. Uh, looks like maybe, I think, nine shows is what we've planned. Um, and hopefully uh, we can have some fans. Yeah, here's hoping. That would be awesome stuff. You got your Carl all ready to go. Have you kept uh, Carl Mulder in good shape? Is he ready? Oh, I hope so. He always says he's ready. He forces me to flag the snowmobile races, though. He says he don't do, do snow machines, so I get stuck flagging that. Uh, but he'll be there all summer long. <laughs> Tell me he's a wimp. <laughs> he's got to get out and enjoy all seasons, right? Absolutely. I'm with him. Hibernation is key. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this, this, this winter stuff is for the birds. Well, you guys, I'll tell you what. You got six months to get uh, back into shape. I'll tell you that. That's right. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, hey, this has been great catching up with you. I really appreciate it, Anthony. And uh, I know everybody's got to keep their peepers, if they're up that way, got to keep their peepers on your social media. Give them a hit. Uh, tell fans where to keep their eyes open. Well, they can check out Facebook.com slash LOW Speedway. That's Low Speedway. Uh, or they can go to Twitter, and it's the same thing, LOW Speedway. Just search Lake of the Woods Speedway. And we're also on Instagram now because everyone kept telling me we should get be on Instagram. So just search Lake of the Woods Speedway, and you'll get some cool photos and stuff that we worked on, uh, the stuff we worked on this fall uh, on Instagram as well. Yeah, awesome stuff. Seeing some of the photos, exciting to say the least. Oh, drivers meeting. You got any drivers meetings planned into the off season here to get prepped for next year? Uh, probably not until maybe March at some time. We'll probably put some stuff together and just um, see if there's any changes as we as we move along. I don't expect much change in terms of tech rules and this and that. It might just be more new drivers that might not know how things work on a race day. But, you know, we've been kind of flying by the seat of our pants when it comes to the new people coming in. Sometimes that's the best way to go. Then, uh, you know, it's like throwing them into the fire and see how they come out on the other side. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Man, this has been great catching up with you. Will you do me a favor? Have a good holiday. Be safe up there. And uh, I know we look forward to grabbing you again before that green flag goes in the air. And we'll get everybody uh, with last-minute updates into 2021. Sound good? Sounds great. 
You betcha. That's Anthony Leak, Lake of the Woods Speedway. Always great to catch up with Anthony. What a passionate guy. What an energetic guy. And uh, uh, it, like he's building a beautiful track there up in Kenora, Ontario. You got to know there's not a lot of people up there. But the ones that are up there, if they're not dirt fans, they're about to be with that guy at the helm. It's going to be successful. Yeah, definitely. What a time to be starting a track, you know. And, yep. and uh, you know, every track owner needs to be commended through this entire deal. But uh, but really, when you look at, uh, you know, just starting out with a racetrack, uh, this is definitely, uh, you know, a, a massive hurdle. Um, you got to make it to the other side of. And, and uh, um, you know, it's hats off to them. They're, they're definitely, you know, chomping at the bit to get out there. And, and to uh, uh, I think that they're going to pack the place once they're allowed to and and uh you know it's it's cool to hear the community support stories you mm-hmm. know you, yeah. you think of you think back to some of the stories that you know we've seen just in person of of you know local guys helping out their local tracks right um and and you know that the Across the board, the entire industry is full of those types of stories, um, and uh, it's good to, to uh, bring them to light and, and uh, take a look at them. Yeah, unreal. Okay, we're going to step out, take a quick break. Then the conversation is going to switch to Cole Butcher, driver of the 53 Atlantic Tilt Load Chevrolet. Uh, he's not on the East Coast, not, not this time of the year. He has made his way down south with preparations heading into what we hope is the Snowball Derby. We'll find out more live with Cole Butcher on the other side of the break. Stay with us. You're a trouble maker. You're a trouble maker. This is Glenn Hertzke, the number 14 super late model at Auto Clearing Motors Speedway. Race Time Radio will be right back. You had me hooked again from the minute you sat down. From coast to coast, coast, to coast you're listening to Canada Talks. To Canada Talks. Race Time Radio is fueled by BP Race Fuels, the worldwide leader in race fuel technology. Dawson Dental Centers, get your victory lane smile at DawsonDental.ca. From two wheels to four and so much more, Rev TV also features exclusive live race series, up-to-date news coverage, documentaries, how-to programs, and so much more. Rev TV offers you the best seat in the house to feel the rush. Go green with Rev TV. Contact your TV provider to order. Even though Napa is a nationally known name, nearly all of our stores are built from the ground up by local owners and families. People you might call neighbors will be here, there, and everywhere. Doing what neighbors do to keep their communities moving forward. You stop by a Napa Auto Parts store, you can count on Napa know-how. Tonight's Race Time Radio is brought to you by Napa Auto Parts Stores, New Glasgow, Andy Ganesh, and Port Hawkesbury, Nova Scotia. You can count on Napa know-how. Men, 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 morning men. Hi, I'm Evan Cohen, and I'm Mike Babchuk. We were given 30 seconds to describe our show, Morning Men, on Mad Dog Sports Radio, so I'll ask you some questions, and you give me the answers. What do we do for fun? You go to the diner with your family. Me? I drink and forget I have a family. Biggest crush? You? Tom Brady. Me? Anyone in yoga pants. What do we want to do more of? You? Talk about what happened the night before in the world of sports. Me? I would like to do more of my wife. (laughs) I think we just ran out of time. Morning Men, 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern, Mad Dog Sports Radio, Sirius XM 82, and the Sirius XM app. Time Radio. Only on Sirius XM 167. We get you close. If 
If you're looking for miles per gallon, you're definitely at the wrong place. Maybe a few channels up or a few channels down, you'll find it. But this is Race Time Radio. And welcome back, everybody, to Race Time Radio. So glad you could tune in tonight on Sirius XM Channel 167. I'm Joe Chisholm along with Junior right here in the RTR studio. And we're getting right back to the hotline. And we're going to welcome in old Cole on the pole. We got Cole Butcher with us. He's not coming to us from out there in Nova Scotia right now. Uh, I believe we got him south of the border getting ready for... Hopefully the Snowball Derby. And we got him on the hotline. What's going on there, Cole? How you doing? Good. How are you? Not too bad, man. You made the trip down south. How did it go? Everybody made it there safe and sound, right? No, nope, it went good. Me and Jared came. Uh, we're in North Carolina right now getting ready. So no problems at the border. Yeah, we're getting things ready. And so far, everything's going smooth. Ah, I gotta love it now. Will you be in uh, a familiar car to you? Is it something that you needed to be fitted in? Is that why you're down there uh, so early, or what's the what's the deal? Yeah, it's a brand new rowdy car uh, with Wilson Motorsports. So we've had to get my seat insert done um, tomorrow, and uh, they have their American Thanksgiving. So I had to get down here early to get that all done. Ah, two-time turkey. Look at you go. You're going to be stuffing it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, do, you get, do you get invited to somebody's Thanksgiving dinner down there then? Yeah, we're going to, uh, his name's Troy. He's, our, he's the main guy for Wilson Motorsports, so we're staying with him, and we're going to go to his grandmother's. Nice. Deep-fried turkey. <laughs> ah, that'll be fun. So you and brother Jared made the trip down there. Jared, are both of you going to race, or uh, is Jared down there for moral support? No, he's going to race the snowflake, and I'll race the derby. Oh, nice, nice. That that that's going to be an eye opener for Jared too, right? First time down there at Pensacola. Yeah, first time on the racetrack, so it'll be cool. Yeah, you got to love it. And and there's a guy that has really come a long way. Cole, uh, you've been teaching the brother lots, man. I'll tell you, you guys are both going to be a threat to win. What's the thoughts heading into the Derby this year? Brand new rowdy car. you got to be excited. Yeah, we, we are excited. So uh, we'll see what happens. That's another year. Another run at it. Uh, you've had some good success, though, south of the border. Not not any checkered flags yet, but, man, oh, man, they, they definitely know and you're, you've been down there. You know, you're right. We've got a couple of poles, a couple of good starting spots, and we got a trophy last year at the Derby. So we'll see what happens and go from there. How much different, Cole, uh, like looking at that new rowdy car, how much different is that compared to the 53 that we see you in in the parts for trucks deal up here? Uh, I mean, they're all pretty similar. Just a big chunk of steel that we tried to get going in a circle. But um, Rowdy built a nice race car. Troy Smith from Wilson Motorsports builds a nice race car. So uh, we'll put it all together and we'll try it out, try it out Monday when we test. So you're going to go testing on Monday, um, and, and I, will Jarrett be doing some testing, too, and what car will he be in? He's in another well-prepared Wilson Motorsports car, so, uh, yeah, it'll be his first time out, and uh, I'm sure it'll be different as it was for us to get used to the speed, but um, he'll have fun. Where will you be testing, Cole? Will you be down at Five Flags, or, or are you doing a shakedown down there and then heading down? No, we're going right to Five Flags. We'll nice. leave here Saturday. Okay. 
So picking up valuable test time. Now, uh, Cole, we're used to seeing you in the 53. Will you be the 53 in the Derby? And how about Jarrett? Will he be the 54? Yeah, the cards would look exactly the same as they look as they would look here. Ah, oh, very good, very at good. Home, yeah. So, uh, a, a difficult summer for both of you guys. Not a lot of racing. Uh, you did have success, though. Uh, take us through this summer. This was uh, kind of the summer from hell. If you're a racer, race tracker, race fan. Yeah, we were able to get uh, one win, a couple, a couple top threes. Um, yeah, COVID kind of ruined everything. So, uh, you know, we, it was a good year for testing. We did a lot of testing. So next year we should be able to go kick some butt. And that will be key. Um, you're you're going to be down there for the Derby. Um, you've been in the Derby before. You know what to expect when it comes time for Five Flag Speedway. What are the thoughts heading into this? How will you prepare for it? And how will, will you tackle it any different than you did last year? Last year we ran second most of the race, so as long as you stay up front, keep defenders on it, you're there at the end. Um, everybody, two or five guys that can win the deal, so hopefully we're one of them. Yeah, and track position is huge, right? So a lot of emphasis goes into qualifying, I would take it. Yeah, yeah it does. We saw a couple of mock runs Thursday, a couple of mock runs Friday to get ready for Friday, Friday night qualifying. Now I'm pretty confident going into qualifying. We've been on the top two, but last. Two runs, so um, I think we got a good shot at getting the pole. Yeah, that's going to be awesome. Uh, it's going to be another fantastic snowball derby. Um, it's always exciting. Uh, you got to get down there early, and hopefully this year, Mother Nature plays along and gives you guys some beautiful weather, and things get off right on time. Uh, it would be kind of cool. I, I know last year was a real hard time for all the race teams. As it was speed fifty one in the track, uh, it, you know, with the weather delays, it was uh, it was murder for you guys. But you got it in. No, you're right. We did. We raced Monday, um, wasted a Sunday doing absolutely nothing, but just sitting under a tent. So hopefully the weather's good this year, and we don't have to worry about that stuff. So um, you know, we're looking forward to it. Everybody's been uh, down here working. Lonnie Somerville's actually been down here helping us get ready. So uh, all hands are on deck, and uh, there's no excuses. Cole, you've been down there multiple times now. Obviously, you're 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 familiar with the track. You you you're familiar with Donnie Wilson. All of that great stuff. How much change have you experienced year over year to the to the racetrack itself? I know it sits there and bakes in the sun, uh, but it doesn't have you know the the frost issues. Obviously, that that some of the northern tracks have. Does it change much year to year when you go back there? Like. Or, or, or what's your thoughts on on the actual racing surface itself uh, between you know the the time that you left there last year to the time that you're going to race on it this time? Yeah, so the track changes a lot. I mean, the heat does the heat does wonders to it. Um, along with they changed different left side tire this year, so I'll have to get I'll have to adapt to that. And the yep. wears out a little bit quicker, and the, they seem to be fighting fighting a loose race car. So. Little things like that that we wouldn't necessarily get at home because we stay with the same tire pretty well the last four or five years. So uh, just little things like that. Just I won't really know until I get there, I guess. Um, I mean, I know the Wilson guys have been there multiple times, so I'm kind of relying on them, and then the rest is up to me. For sure. Yeah, it's going to be awesome, Cole. I could tell you uh, speed51.com is where everybody that uh, – 
can't be at Five Flags Speedway is definitely going to want to be on Speed51.com so we can all watch and see how things unfold. Did Darren make the trip with you? Did Dad come along, or is he staying at home? No, he's at home making money for us to be down here. <laughs> so so that you can go racing, it's eh? Just me and Jared. You got to love it. Uh, big, and Lonnie. Yeah. <laughs> And, and Lonnie. And Lonnie. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, good luck to you guys. I know we're going to be tuned in. Uh, social media-wise, uh, you're on Twitter and Facebook. I imagine you'll keep us all up to date as you practice and as things unfold throughout the course of uh, uh, the Snowball Derby week. Yeah, for sure. Between myself, Olivia, my girlfriend, Butcher Racing um, fan page, Wilson Motorsports fan page, 351, Matt Weaver. There's going to be enough social medias around that you won't miss a thing. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Do us a favor. Uh, give Jarrett uh, all our best, uh, and good luck to both of you guys. It would be some spectacular, Cole. If you can go out there and win that derby, I know it will put a huge smile on your face, and uh, there would be a lot of real happy people up here in Canada watching one of you guys go to victory lane. Yeah, definitely. We didn't come here to finish second, so that's definitely the goal. Good deal. Cole, thanks so much for the time as always, and uh, good luck to you and Jared. Have a safe uh, uh, test, and you guys be safe down there. And don't eat too much turkey on them, right? Yes, I appreciate it. Thanks for having us. It's left side weight, though. You can eat a lot of turkey. <laughs> yeah, the deep fried stuff. It's real good. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> that's Cole Butcher. Uh, watch for him in the Derby. Coming up. Uh, we're going to still be talking lots of Derby Jr. Uh, kind of cool to see Cole go down there. Jarrett's going to be in the snowflake. Yep. Uh, I don't Kate. know of any other Canadians. Caden Lapsovich. Caden. Caden's yep. going to be down. Lapsovich is going to be. Is he going to run both? The 16. Uh, no, he's just he's just on the registration list for the the Derby. So um, he's going to be in the 16 uh, for, for Blount Motorsports and those guys. So, um, you know, you know he's going to be a threat. He's going to be in, in that rowdy car. And, and uh, you know, he's he's working for rowdy now. So even right. even more, you know, more in-depth. And, and you know he he was working with with them as well for uh, the Winchester 400 that we seen him the last time out um, and uh, you know it'll be it'll be definitely interesting but two two very strong Canadians in very strong rowdy cars heading to the Derby this is our best shot at seeing a Canadian in Victory Lane um, hands down guaranteed bar none this is our best shot uh, in in my era at least you mm. know um, yeah, yeah. you know I, I think that obviously. Uh, you know, back in the day when you had guys like Biederman and Hanley and those guys down there, you, right. you had the shot. Um, but you know, between Lapsovich and and uh, and Cole Butcher, both of them have got the pedigree to win. Both of them have got the aggression to win, um, and and both of them are in very good race cars. So um, it'll be interesting. You know, when you look at at the, at, it's been a long time since the talent pool at the Derby has been as strong as what we see. Um, you know, heading into this year, you know, you, you look the the Cup champion, right? When's right. the last time we've seen the Cup champion in the Snowball Derby? Yeah, it's been um, a few years, he, right? It's uh, uh, Chase Elliott, of course, uh, is is on the list. Um, Ross Kenseth is making a return. You know, Ross is is, is super strong when it comes time for super super late model racing. Grant Enfinger, um, I believe, right? Yeah, Derek Kraus. Seen a late um, model that know, he's prepared. Derek Griffith. Uh, Carson Hosevar, who has won, you know, all the big crown jewels this year, and and really, you know, sh 
he he had the car to win at the All American Four Hundred at Nashville, um, and you know got tangled up there right um, at the end, right, right towards the end. Uh, but he is rolling in with a tremendous amount of uh, of momentum, and then as well, you know, Travis Braden, last year's winner, yeah. um, he has had a tremendous amount of success. You know, I think back to ORP where you just wax the field um, at Lucas Oil Raceway Park in in Indian, Indianapolis. Um, Derek Thorne, who had arguably one of the best seasons that you could have in in the Southwest Tour out in California. Um, Then as well, you scroll down through the list, you know, you've got uh, um, Bubba Pollard in that 71 car. That's a big unknown, and and we're going to talk to Bubba as well. But that is, you know, um, a sister car, if you will, to what Carson Hosevar has dominated with all year long. Um, And then Corey Heim as well. You know, you you got to talk about Corey Heim. Uh, He has had a tremendous season as well. Um, You know, bouncing between ARCA and late model stocks and and super late models um, and and hitting basically every track out there that you can think of. Garcia Um, will be there too, right? Yep, Jake Garcia. Um, Ty Majeski. You know, you can't can't take away from, from the season. From really the, the 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 career that the kid has had in a super late model, Huge. every time he goes to the Derby, he's tough. Um, you know, you think back if you're just going to look at at the close races, um, you know that that have just happened. Uh, Chandler Smith in the 26 car, um, yeah, he, he was rocket ship fast when you look at uh, at the the All American 400 over at Nashville. So, um, man, it it is you throw names like like Nassi and. Like, you can't, just making the field this year is going to be a feat. Not that it isn't every single year, but, but, I mean, just, you know, taking the green flag, it it is the toughest group of racers um, in any form of asphalt racing. That is, bar none, guaranteed, it is the best of the best. Yes, it is. um, It always is with the Derby, right? It always is. The end of the year and the talent pool... Uh, guys, uh, you, you don't just decide to go to the Snowball Derby. No. You plan to go to the Snowball Derby, and you got to plan a long way out. And guys are preparing cars that they didn't race all year. Yeah. They're not going to race them until they hit the Derby. Exactly. And they're coming with the best possible stuff well, you, build you could it, ask for. At this point, you know, if you're going to be in the top ten at the Derby, you're, you built a Derby car. Oh, yeah. That's the... You know, it is it is a derby car. Like that is the And that may be the car you race next year. The yeah. first race on that brand new car yep. will be the Derby. Yep, exactly. And, and every manufacturer in uh, super late model racing and in pro late model racing will be represented at the Snowflake and at the Snowball Derby. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's you know you can't say enough about the about the the race and you know the history of it. You know you you, you think back to um, you know the the few years that uh, you know we we've had a handful of Canadians go down there and, and make the sure. attempts, right? Yep. But uh, you know specifically, you know I think back to when Mike Bentley went down um, with Sean McCorder and those guys, right? Mm. In the, in the snowflake, um, that's a big deal, even right? The snowflake is just a one hundred lap. Late model race, right? Yep. There's she's a hundred lap hundred lap late model way. races are a dime a dozen. They're right. they're out there, but the Snowflake is is definitely the most prestigious one out of the whole bunch of them. <laughs> it it's is. Uh, it, it, you know all the eyes of on on the entire industry are on Five Flag Speedway for the weekend, um, not just the 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 super late model race, but you know if you're a race fan, 
if you're invested in racing, if you are, you know, a, a sponsor, if you've got any, you know, any excitement behind motorsports, your eyes are on the Derby. Yeah. And, um, you know, to, to go down there and win, um, the list is short. Right. There's oh, a lot yeah. of people that have shown up there with the dreams and aspirations of winning the Derby that that never got the chance or never even got the chance to cross the, the finish line at the end of the race. And and when you look at uh, the, the list of names, they're they're historical. And hey. uh, you you add yourself to that list and, and uh, tell you what, you accomplish something. Yeah, you do. And I know we're going to you got to get Speed 51 dot com. If you're not a subscriber to Speed 51 dot com, yep. you need to be. For the Snowball Derby. 100%. Um, there is so much happening, and they have extensive coverage of it. Exclusive extensive coverage, I yep. might add. Yep. And uh, Dillner and his bunch have always done a great job with the Snowball Derby. Yep. And I know I look forward to grabbing, hopefully, Dillner again before the Derby and get him on this show. I love having him on here, and I love asking him the question, who's the guy? Who are you going to pick this time? And I know we've had a lot of fun with that over the past, over the years. I'm going to be on that again and to get him on the show because the pool of talent that is going to be in this year's 2020 Snowball Derby, off the hook. Uh, It's going to be totally interesting to find out how it all shakes out. And really, it all starts out, Junior, with testing. A lot of guys will be going down there and testing, finding out what they've got, and how much difference will we see on the poll time versus last year? Do you think we're going to see a big gain? Are we going to see the same sort of time? What do you think? I think you're going I, every every single year. Um, Cole mentioned it. Uh, you know, you do have a different left side tire. Um, by the sounds of it, they've got a little bit more grip down there. Um, you know, with the the new left side tire so i i would i i wouldn't be surprised that you see a little bit more of a pickup than you normally do but the track does sit there and bake in the heat and 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 you know it gets slicker and slicker every year it loses a little bit of grip um and you know so i don't know whether the left side tire will balance that out or not right. so um when you look at uh you know these guys build faster and faster cars all the and, time and when you've got a guy like chase elliott and you've got Kyle Busch motorsports and you've got rowdy and you've got all those guys um you know, I think that you'll see probably a pickup of a tenth or so, um, you know, over over last year's time. But uh, it'll be it'll be really interesting to see what they can put together. Oh, absolutely! We are gonna throw it back to Toronto, get you up to date on some news and highlights. Take ninety seconds, and then Junior and I we're gonna be back here for hour two. And here's who we got coming up. How about Bubba Pollard? We're I got a whole list of questions for Bubba, and we're gonna have Ron Sinclair on this show. All the way out in BC, he was the voice of Cascar back in the day. He's going into the Canadian Motorsports Hall of Fame, and he's going to join us tonight live on Race Time Radio. All that and more coming up in hour or two. Let's get you up to date. Scotty, take it away in Toronto. We'll be back in 90 seconds. Stay with us. You're listening to Canada Talks on Sirius XM, channel 167. Time Radio is brought to you by the Quality Inn Halifax Airport, the official stay of the Race Time Radio broadcast crew. Also by APX Racewear, the motorsports leader in custom crew apparel and fire suits. Also by the Wooden Door Bistro. 
Broadcasting live from the track. We're here to get trophies. Never give up, baby. Sirius XM NASCAR Radio Channel 90 is your home for all things NASCAR. The yellow lights come on. Like, oh. Everything's happening so fast. Every race. Hard contact into the safer barrier. Exclusive interviews. This is more than just a job. We don't get caught up in being famous. The only broadcasting outlet in the world. Delivering NASCAR 24-7, 365. Thank you, you are the man. Sirius XM NASCAR Radio. Channel 90. With the two Joes here on Race Time Radio on Sirius XM 167. We're Canada Talks. And just like that, our number two begins tonight live on Sirius XM Channel 167, Canada Talks. Welcome to Race Time Radio. If you're just tuned in, I'm Joe Chisholm along with Junior right here in the RTR studio. And we are going directly back to the hotline and we are bringing in. How about the best you could possibly ask for in a super late model when it comes time for anything in North America? Uh, this guy has won every major event that you can imagine, with the most current being the Governor's Cup. He is a two-time winner of the Canadian Short Track Nationals up here at our own Jucasa Speedway. Let's welcome in Bubba Pollard. What's going on tonight there, Bub? How you doing? I'm doing good. I, I appreciate y'all having me on this evening. Man, I'll tell you what. Uh, congratulations on the Governor's Cup win. Exciting night. Uh, congratulations. Yeah, we, uh, we're we excited. You know, we had a good weekend. Um, a lot of things just went uh, went our way. So we worked hard. We've been struggling a little bit from from uh, from time to time. We, we, we struggled, uh, but we've worked hard to get our program back to where it needed to be, and, and it shows um sunday that you know we were able to to do that and um you know there's a, there's not many cars but there were some good good race cars there uh good talented race car drivers that that made it tough on us so uh 200 laps a lot of fun and uh we were able to come out with a victory you know when you look at uh, uh towards the the middle to end of of this season um you know it goes to show you how tough the super late model game is right now right it's uh it, it when you look at it you know you weren't slow by any stretch and no. and and yet every it seemed like every time you hit the racetrack uh you, you were you were frustrated uh for a little bit um but it, it goes to show how tough super late model racing is right now in the united states really anywhere um it, it's it's it always shocks me you know to see a team hit it and then miss it, and then gain it back again. And it seems like that is the toughest thing to do. But guys who have the legendary names have got the ability to do that. And, and you know, when you look at the redemption of going back out and winning, um, you know, that momentum is really dangerous for everybody looking at the Derby. It is. You know, um, momentum goes uh, a long ways in racing. And uh, to have that leading into the Derby definitely helps. But, you know, racing uh, as a whole right now is, is super tough. Um, I feel like the last several years, uh, technology and, and uh, you have these new chassis builders like Rowdy and, and Fury and, and guys like that who are working hard um, to, to step their programs up, and, and it's made it tough to win these races. You have to be on your A game. You have to be focused each and every week and, and um, you know, it's uh, you, you just really can't make any mistakes. It takes a 
there's there's you know ten race ten race cars that can win each and every week, and you you know you have to make few mistakes to win nowadays, and and that's what you know the biggest thing is uh, that we try to do is just eliminate those mistakes and do the best we can, keep working hard because um, you know you have to to win races, you have to separate yourself from everyone else, and and that's what we try to do. So we've been we've been fortunate. We had a good summer here. Uh, we have been frustrated at times. Uh, at some of the bigger racetracks um, that we've struggled at uh, this year, but you know it's um, you know hopefully the Governor's Cup you know it puts us in the right direction for the snowball and and looking forward to that race. There's a lot of good race car drivers coming, a lot of good teams, and we're looking forward to it. We're looking forward to the challenge. Now, Baba, you uh, mentioned that there are technology in these cars. Uh, that That's going to be a real bear uh, because the technology keeps evolving. You know, we used to see it where it would evolve every year or two. Now it seems like it's evolving every day or two. Uh, what's it like as a competitor trying to, you know, everybody's trying to knock you off the top, my friend. And what's it like trying to get your arms around that technology, harness it, and then put it to the racetrack. Uh, it's got to be something that you and your crew have really got to be like. You got to be five steps ahead. Yeah, it is tough. You know, um, you know, there's so much money and technology out there now. Uh, people testing. Um, we 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 really work hard in trying to stay a step ahead, like you said, and, and developing new things um, each and every week. Uh, there is times we take chances, uh, but you know, you know, I, I see short track racing evolve so much in the last several years. It, it kind of runs in that three to four year range to where um, things change. Uh, that the technology just changes in that three to four year range there, but it does change from day to day, and we try to keep those, uh, you know, I call them secrets in house as much as we can. Uh, but just as soon as uh, one person sees your race car and, you know, it gets out, and that's all it takes is one person to, to see something, and, and you don't have an edge and advantage over anyone now. Um, even, you know, uh, the driving aspect of it is it's so tough to to, uh, to to hit your marks because so, everyone's so equal, and uh, it does make it tough each and every week, and, and especially for us to travel, you know, up and down the road across the country at all these different racetracks and, and compete with these local guys. It sure does make it tough. And, and uh, you know, it's uh, that's what we love. That's what we love about short track racing. That's what, that's what we work hard for and uh, is to get that advantage and get that edge over the next guy. And uh, it just takes a lot of hard work. And I got a lot of, a lot of good guys, a lot of good sponsors, and, and everyone is stuck with us and to make us all possible for us. It's funny, too, because when you look at it, you know, there used to be, you know, the magic wand, if you will, that one thing that would give you that little bit of an advantage, you know, and, and now it seems like you guys need a hundred little things that makes an advantage, right? That you need you need a hundred little wee tiny advantages in order to make one decent advantage. And well, that's, uh, what I, that's, it, what I, that's what I tell my guys, you know, <laughs> um, just for instance, anyone can go out and buy a rowdy car, but it's the little small details. Uh, that you do that the other guys don't do that separate yourself yeah. from from uh, winning all these races, and that's what you gotta. That's what you gotta do is is uh, you know work on the details, you know fine tune the details as much as you can that the next guy you know possibly is looking over, and 
and that's how you win races. Well, I tell you what, I've seen you happy in victory lane quite a few times, and and I've seen it in person a couple of times up here in Canada, uh, and and you're always a happy guy in victory lane, right? You're you're a true blue race car driver, and you like to hold that checkered flag. I think that's your your favorite thing to hold, right? It's it's the checkered flag. Um, but I look back to Jennerstown Speedway, and of course we watched the pit row broadcast, and and over the past couple of weeks it's been on Mav TV, you know, a few times. Uh, but th- you looked really happy in victory lane at Jennerstown Speedway this year, and and it was your first time at Jennerstown. Take us back to that because I think that that's a really bright spot in a year that. You know, obviously COVID and there's all the dark stuff that has happened this year. But at, at Jennerstown Speedway, it looked like Bubba Pollard had a lot of fun. Well, it was. You know, this year has been it's been crazy for sure. But you know, going to Jennerstown, it was a place that I was so excited to go because you know I'd watched some of my heroes, uh, you know, some of the all-time great race car drivers race at those at Jennerstown in the ASA days, Pro Cup days, you know. Back then, you know, and I never got the opportunity to go. So as soon as it come on the schedule, you know, I, I knew we were going. And man, I tell you what, that's one heck of a racetrack. Um, the the people are great there. The facility, um, everyone that that put on that deal was was great, and it, it was a fun weekend. And I was glad to see you know have a good turnout and it be successful, you know, for everyone. So um, man, that race it was probably. You know, people ask me from time to time when my, where my favorite racetrack is, and the Jennerstown is one of them. Um, but it ranks up there with. I like moving around the racetrack. You can run, you know, multiple lanes. And the, man, the the everyone told me before I got there the whole or the bump. There's a bump coming down the back straightaway after the gate back there, and you cross the track. Well, you know, I thought it was just a small bump, but it's it's pretty big, pretty violent. So you really have to work on the race car to get it over that bump. And that's what we did, you know, all weekend to to make our entry into three there, you know, as smooth as possible. So it's one of the coolest places I've been and raced. Uh, the only other place that I I compare it to that I like as much as that is, um, you know, like IRP. It looks so, it used to look so um, in Indianapolis. But uh, there were two racetracks I, I, I tend to like. And just a, just a cool race to be able to, it always helps when you got a fast race car, for sure. But um, just all around great weekend. The atmosphere is cool, you know, and, and the racetrack's fun to race. We're with Bubba Pollard tonight, live on Race Time, Sirius XM, Channel 167. Bub, it is Jennerstown, 5 8 Mile. Uh, and so is our Jucasa Speedway up here. You've had great success in the Canadian Short Track Nationals, 5 8 Speedway. Are either one of those two tracks comparable, even though they're the same distance, or do they race totally different? Uh, they race kind of, they're similar, but they're a lot different. Um, you know, there's there's certain, you know, points in the racetrack I can see that's um, that carries in the Junior's Town, but uh, the way the car loads and uh, the the posture, the attitude, and the, the, you know, the platform of the race car is a lot different. Um, at 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 Jucasa. Um, you know, man, when I, when I first time I went to Jucasa, I was I was worried that when we got there, new pavement, it's going to be a one one lane racetrack. You know, hard, tough to pass. And then you know when we got out there racing, it was totally opposite. You can move around there. Uh, it's wide off a of two. You can get good runs down the back straightaway. Cool place to race. Um, you know, I look forward to going there every year. I, I hate it we didn't get to go there this year. I was looking forward to it. Um, you know, those guys got a lot of respect for, 
for those guys, they've stepped their programs up um, from the first time we went there, uh, what, two years ago, three years ago now, and, and uh, they've really stepped their programs up. And, uh, and when we go back next year in 21, you know, I expect them to be, you know, tough again. And, and uh, we're always up for challenge, and it's a lot of fun. They, they do a great job there, Alex does. So it's pretty cool to, to be able to race there. Oh, yeah. And Alex, we had him on the show last week. He's going to be inducted into the Canadian Motorsports Hall of Fame. So we had Alex on. We talked about the old days back when he was in a car. We also got a little bit of time to talk to him about uh, 2021. And I assure you that uh, Canadian Short Track Nationals is really being in the planning books. Uh, He's getting it set and ready to go for 2021. And I know everybody's excited to get that one back on the map and get this COVID virus the hell out of the way and uh, we can get back to somewhat normalcy but uh, heading into the snowball derby uh, big news last week you have really thrown the kitchen sink at this you got new manufacturer uh, you got all kinds of stuff that's going to be a little bit different for you bub and the kids are hitting the marks now uh, when they go down there how are you gonna sort of tackle this year's edition of the snowball derby well you know i'm, I'm hoping uh Oh, hopefully, I got good guys that are gonna they're gonna take care of that for me and tell me what to do this year. So, uh, but no, it's a, it's a tough race. Uh, you know, we've we've had so much success down there, uh, man, for the last ten, twelve years, and that's one race that's always been tough for us to win. Uh, I feel like we've been capable of winning it. Uh, we've come close uh, in years past, but just couldn't seal the deal and put the put all the pieces uh, to the puzzle together for that day and you know i felt like going into this year we had struggled some uh we didn't our program wasn't where we needed to be we worked hard to try to get it there and and um just uh really you know you know after nashville after the 400 i just wasn't sure where our program stood uh and i felt like i needed to make a change um you know I didn't have much confidence. I knew we could go down there with what we had and run top five and top ten, but you know that's not really not good enough for for our for what we got going on. I feel like, especially at Pensacola, and and um, you know hopefully, you know we're moved over to the Van Dorn Racing Development, and they they do a great job, Johnny and Butch Van Dorn. They they're hard workers. Looking forward to to working with them. They're, we're excited. We tested uh, a week or so ago, and very happy with the race car and the speed it had in it. So. Um, just uh, really excited to get back and go and, and, and do what we need to do to try to win the race. Um, I think uh, we have a good shot at it. And, um, you know, as long as we can we can put those pieces in the puzzle and, and everything aligns that day, uh, we're sure going to give it a shot. So, um, you know, I felt like, you know, maybe you, you think in the back of your mind, should you have waited till the, the first of the year, 21, to, to do this deal. But, you know, I look at it as, um, you know, it's a challenge. It's um, it's one of my better racetracks. Uh, I feel like to that we race at, and um, you know, I I feel like uh, you never know what's going to happen. I think I think we need something new, and and uh, we're excited and we're looking forward to it. And I think we're going to have some some pretty fast race cars. Obviously, the Snowball Derby is is a bucket list item. You need to check that off, and you want to check that off. What else is on Bubba Pollard's bucket list? Obviously, a guy that you know has been there and done that in super late model racing. Um, 
what what's coming down the pipe? What what is on your bucket list? What do you want to accomplish? What what do you got to check off? Obviously, victory lane everywhere you show up to, right? But but where do you want to go? What do you want to do? Well, you know, um, you know the snowball derby's you know obviously number one. But there is there's some races that I've won in the past, like the Oxford Two Fifty, that I want to go back and win for a second time. Yep. Uh, the Slinger Nationals. Uh, those I, I, my goal is to to run better in the Wisconsin area uh, next year. That's a goal I have. Um, but the, on my bucket list that I have, you know, that on down the road, and I'm talking, you know, it may may take me 10 years, but, you know, I, I want to win some dirt races. I want to win some super late mile dirt races, and hopefully, you know, we, we've been playing. We have race cars, <clears throat> dirt cars here at home that we, we've been racing time to time, and we've won some dirt races. But I hopefully I can, you know, I want to win some some big dirt races uh, in the super late model world of that, and um, that's kind of that's kind of on my bucket list. I want to I want to you know run some of those type cars and and um, be versatile. And uh, you know Tony Stewart always said good race car driver can drive anything. So um, you know I want to try some different things and uh, you know got some different opportunities. Uh, hopefully for next year to, to make that happen. So we're looking forward to it. Um, you know. Just like you said, win as much as we can. You never know when the when you're going that last win's going to come or last win's going to happen. So you got to take all of them and be happy uh, that you've you've been uh, that we've had success. That's right. And you're a guy, you know, the last couple of weeks we've had uh, guys on the program that have came out of the construction world, right? And and I've asked this same question to a, to a handful of guys, and I know that you're kind of in the heavy equipment side of things day to day, not when you're holding the wheel of a race car, but, but uh, you know, when you're actually working. Um, what would you, what's your favorite piece of equipment to, to operate when you're, when you're out there in the, in the heavy equipment world? Well, I, 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 I did... You know, so much. I've been lucky to, to grow up around it, and my family's in the trash business and have trucks, and I've been putting in septic tanks. We're in the, the septic business here, and uh, there's nothing better than a track hoe or a X to me. I just like digging uh, a bulldozer, you know, stuff like that. Probably, probably, you know, just something simple is, uh, is the coolest thing for me, you know, grading off pads or, you know, uh, roads or, or anything like that, uh, building a lake. Uh, it's pretty cool. So, anything I just like, uh, I like doing whatever it takes to make a dollar. <laughs> Everybody has said has has led off with the same with the same answer. So, if you want to be a good race car driver, what you need to do is you need to go get into excavation. Yeah, the high That's, horsepower everybody, excavation. Everybody <laughs> says excavator, man. Like you, you, you yeah. led right into it. But you know, you look at we had we had uh, uh, Brett on the show, the the twenty three in Arca, yep. Brett Holmes. Uh, he's like excavator. He jumped straight to it. You did too. Um, you know, it's Dexter funny. Bean. Dexter yeah. Bean said the exact yeah. same thing. If you want to be a good race car driver, kids, you just go. And, and learn how to operate an excavator, and th- that uh, that translates over, I think. Yeah, you know, it's, there's nothing better than getting on there. And, you know, when I get on a piece of equipment, all I do is think about racing. So that's, that's right. That's <laughs> I right. guess that's, uh, that's my peace of mind, get on there, and I, that's when I think and, and uh, get some stuff done. So uh, it's a lot of fun. We enjoy it. Well, I'll tell you what, Bob, there's going to be a ton, a ton of short track race fans 
Uh, if they can't make it to Five Flags Speedway in Pensacola for this year's edition of the Snowball Derby, they're all going to have it cranked on Speed51.com. And I can guarantee, my friend, a lot of eyeballs are going to be on you uh, when they do their pools. A lot of uh, pool picks are going to have that name Bubba Pollard in it. Uh, sponsorship for the Derby. Who are you going to have on your car, bud? Man, I've been really lucky over the last several years to have a lot of great sponsors, a lot of great product sponsors. Uh, that you know, the guys like Five Star Hammer or HP Elite uh, Racing Engines, um, Race Car Engineer, and PSC Brakes. Um, those guys, Strains Oval, that that allow me, that provide me with what I need to to make these cars go fast. Man, it's just it's huge to to have their help and their support. Uh, through the years, and and they've always stuck behind me. I'm very lucky, but uh, the last several years uh, we've had Harrison's Workwear.com. You know, everyone get online, check it out. They're they're an apparel store, uh, man. Area boots, uh, Carhartt, uh, anything like that. You know, public safety stuff. Uh, so they do a lot for my racing, my racing program, and and I couldn't do it without those guys. TM Ranch that that um, you know sponsored David Rogers stepped on board and helping me out, just great people. I've been so fortunate to, to surround myself by great people over the last several years and have great relationships with them, and, and they've stuck behind me. And, and that's that's a, a lot of the reason for our success is we've, we've had a great group, uh, you know, for the last 10 years, and it's, it shows uh, you surround yourself by good people. They'll, you know, they'll take care of you, and you can do good things. So uh, just uh, all those guys that helped me out, uh, I've been very lucky. Well, Bob, you know you got to give a little bit more room in that seat when you get ready for the Derby because you know David's going to be parking his butt right beside you in that race car, uh, the Sunshine State, and uh, our buddy David's going to be with you with that TM Ranch on the hood. And uh, more power to you. We can't thank you enough for your time tonight on Race Time Radio. Uh, we all genuinely appreciate hearing from you. And uh, good luck in this year's edition of the Derby, bud. It's going to be off the hook. Well, I appreciate it. And I appreciate y'all having me on. And thanks. And, you know, I appreciate what y'all do for short track racing and spreading the word and getting new fans in the, in the, in the, in the seats. So, uh, that's what it's all about, and I appreciate it. Safe travels. Have a happy Thanksgiving. Uh, don't eat too much turkey, too much left side weight. You know, Butch and Johnny will be yelling at you, hey, hey. <laughs> that's usually my problem anyway. <laughs> <laughs> good luck, bud. Have a good one. All right. Thank you, guys. You bet. Bubba Pollard, uh, he's going to be a threat, Junior. Always, always, always a threat to win. But uh, like, uh, like you mentioned, uh, the, 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 the pool is going to be full of uh, big fish and it's going to be a stellar 2020 snowball derby once and again the the monkey on the back right it seems like you know in in all forms of racing there's always that guy that hasn't done that one thing mm, right yeah and and you know it's it, I, a drinking a drinking phrase that that you know you could if you want to make a drinking game out of the snowball derby uh take a shot every time they they tell you over the course of this weekend that Bubba Pollard hasn't won the Snowball Derby yet, yeah, yeah. right? And and that that's a fun drinking game um, because the, they'll, they'll say it a lot because it's a surprise that he hasn't. And, right, and, right. and he's taken a big swing and, and, and a dramatically different approach to, to doing the Derby this year. Um, but, you know, when you look at, you know, the 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 story behind Bubba Pollard and, and his, you know, his career, 
um, he's overcome so much, you know, on oh. on on the on the racetrack side, and uh, you know, on on just getting there, and and uh, it's interesting to hear him say that that dirt is on his bucket list. Yeah, well, you know? that's you know, and, expand that repertoire, uh, that that, that exactly. resume. Yep. And how can you not like a guy? And how can you not be a fan of a guy like Bubba Pollard? You, you the guy's real. You can't not He's be real. a fan of the guy. Oh, and man. you know, unless you're unless you're getting your butt kicked in the in the Canadian Short Track Nationals every <laughs> yeah. year by him. It, yeah. I mean, everybody's everybody that's racing against him, uh, you know, hates when they see the 26 car roll through the back gate, but uh, um, you know, you know you're at a big show when when you do see that 26 that's right. Car. And if um, you can beat him, you just beat the best. Exactly. And, and that's what you want to do. But when you look at the when you look at the guys jumping over to dirt, um you know, not jumping over, not dropping asphalt and going to dirt, but no. but dabbling in it. But Stephen Nassie, Stephen Nassie put a deal together this year, mm-hmm. um, you know, and and ran a handful of dirt late model shows with with the intention of doing more, just like what Bubba said, um, doing doing a very similar program. Uh, you know, locally here here in Ontario, um, Rick Walt. You know, uh, Rick Spencer Walt yep. uh, picked up a a rocket chassis dirt late model, um, which you know you're seeing a trend of of a lot of asphalt guys taking a look across the bow and and seeing you know what they can do differently, and uh, you know I, I think that there's there's a tremendous value there, um, and it, it would be. I, I wish that you could see the same thing from established dirt guys looking at asphalt and saying, "I want to try that," you know. But you don't see that very often now. Well, it's right so now it's on to trend. Come over, right? right now it's on trend to see asphalt guys look at uh, across to the dirt, um, and and it's interesting to me that you don't see you know vice versa. But it, it's it's really cool to see guys you know making the step and going in in a different direction, um, but still turning left. Yeah, uh, unreal, man! I'll tell you what—it's going to be an exciting snowball derby. Uh, we got the oh, one of the best in Canada, and Cole Butcher going to be there in a real good piece. You got Bubba Pollard, and the list goes on and on and on and on. We'll go through it as we click off these. We didn't weeks. ask if he was going to run the snowflake too, because oh, yeah. a lot of times he, yeah, yeah. he would. Um, I don't, I don't even know well, where I can find that data. But it would be, it would, it would be interesting to see if he's on both. But well, uh, we'll check it out. I, that was on my question list, and was I it? forgot to ask it. <laughs> well, we're going to hit a quick break. When we come back, how about we talk some Cascar? How about we talk some? Canadian Motorsports Hall of Fame. How about we talk with the voice of Cascar? You'll know it exactly. As soon as you hear it, he's our next guest, Ron Sinclair. You're going to join us live on Race Time. Stay with us. We will be back. Time Radio is brought to you by the Quality Inn, Halifax Airport, the official stay of the Race Time Radio broadcast crew. Also by APX Racewear, the motorsports leader in custom crew apparel and fire suits. Mad Dog Sports Radio is opinionated, passionate sports talk with a bite from the hijinks of the morning man. I bet your parents do too. They go big bulk shopping. Hey, I got 50 jars of dunk sauce. You don't even eat that sauce, but I got a good deal. To the inside of Adam Shine. Bill Belichick is the best coach in the history of sports. Not NFL. Sports. And the animated energy of the Mad Dog himself, Mad Dog. Christopher Russo. It's the channel to talk about your favorite sports team. Mad Dog Sports Radio, Channel 82, or anytime on the Sirius XM app. Rev TV is Canada's own motorsports network, featuring live races and rallies from around the world and right here at home. 
Rev TV is your destination for motorsports action 24-7. Even though Napa is a nationally known name, nearly all of our stores are built from the ground up by local owners and families. People you might call neighbors will be here, there, and everywhere. Doing what neighbors do to keep their communities moving forward. You stop by a Napa Auto Parts store, you can count on Napa know-how. Tonight's Race Time Radio is brought to you by Napa Auto Parts Stores, New Glasgow, Andy Ganesh, and Port Hawkesbury, Nova Scotia. You can count on Napa know-how. Fox News Headlines 24-7 is on Sirius XM with headlines every 15 minutes. I'm Kevin Brinkholm. I'm Therese Crowley. I'm Jim McKay. A channel that delivers your world news, business, what's trending in digital, entertainment, and sports. Your news in a way you've never heard before with headlines every 15 minutes. Fox News Headlines 24-7. All the information you need, ready when you are. We're live from America's News Headquarters. Sirius XM Channel 115 or listen on the Sirius XM app. Taking you all the way to the track and back. And we are back with you live tonight on Race Time Radio. So glad you could tune in tonight on Sirius XM Channel 167 Canada Talks. And off to the hotline we go now. And I got to tell you, uh, I have been a fan of this next guest. Uh, He's partially responsible uh, for getting me excited about doing some broadcasting. His name, Ron Sinclair. We all know his voice. We all know his name. Of course, the voice of Kaskar. Back in the day, he's going into the Canadian Motorsports Hall of Fame come February, and he's with us tonight live on Race Time. I can't tell you how excited I am to have you, Ron. How you doing? Well, awesome. Thank you. That's the best introduction I think I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, bud. Uh, I, I've been a, a, a fan. I was a fan of Cascar for a long, long time. And uh, you know what? Every single one of those Cascar races, whether I attended live at Delaware or whether I uh, watched on television, you, my friend, are what turned me into a race fan listening to your description of all of our Canadian stars uh it was, uh, those were the days, is the saying, I guess. Well, really, I'm I'm super flattered. I mean, I'm honored to hear what you just said, so thank you very much for that, first of all. But, uh, you know, we had so much fun with the Cascar days, and it was, uh, because it was a tour, we would show up at uh, whatever track it was, whether it was in Calgary or whether it was in Quebec somewhere or an Ontario track, and you know, we just, we brought our show, and uh, when that microphone went on and the boys hit the track and some of the girls, of course, there too, uh, it was uh, it was just magic, and we made magic together, and, you know, no one ever had to tell me that the drivers were the stars of the show. It just seemed to be a logical thing for me, and uh, in order to make them the stars, of course, you had to do a lot of homework and do a lot of research and ask a lot of dumb questions the crew chiefs and things and it all came together and uh, we just had so much fun it was a great tour and uh, i'm glad it touched so many people all these years later uh, <laughs> that's the tony, difference tony novotny did so much with that series you know i don't think tony is appreciated enough by uh but by everyone uh when we look back and it's a shame that you know it it, it almost had to had to go away for everybody to appreciate what he did and it drives me crazy because he did such a good job with it 
as you did yourself. Um, you know, broadcasting these races isn't an easy thing to do. At times, it becomes very difficult. And you, Ron, always made it seem like it was second nature. And, uh, you know, these were the guys. And you did an awesome job painting the picture, even though it was on television. Well, there was just so much passion, and uh, and I was just very fortunate that uh, I went to tracks as a kid with my father and, and was bitten by the stock car bug back then. And then, uh, you know, being hired by Tony, and I was at the right place at the right time just when Cascar was forming. And really, he was my mentor and taught me pretty much everything I, I know, know now on the business side of the uh, sport. And the broadcasting just came, uh, you know, how did that happen? I don't I mean, how does a person play a piano, right? <laughs> exactly. It's a gift, and you, yeah, exactly. And but the key to the whole thing was just the passion that I had, and all those in Cascar had all at the same time. And so, um, you know, to make the races come to life, it was just—I uh, can't even explain it. There was just so much passion. And I knew that you had to get information out there. And I think one of the things that really helped me the most was because we were on a tour, we got to go to all these various tracks, and I would observe quite a bit. And the one thing I noticed throughout the years was a lot of announcers would uh, go to music during a caution flag. And I went, what? (laughs) (laughs) And to to me, that was your time right then and you make it or break it right then with the information because let's face it they can't hear you when the engines are roaring and you've got 36 cars going around the track but as soon as that slows down and you can hear things it's time to entertain uh fill that gap and, and it's all information at that point Absolutely, and relaying that information back to the fans. You touched on it, asking a bunch of stupid questions to the crews. Uh, this is this is one sport where the where, uh, the reporter asking the stupid question will get told that it's a stupid question, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Well, and I can also guarantee you that I didn't get a lot of correct answers. Either. <laughs> they lie to you every time. There you go. They they oh. do. They're they're good at they're good at uh, telling a fib here and there. Well, that was always one. I wanted to know what gears the guys had in their cars, and I wanted to know what RPM they were turning and all that kind of stuff. And uh, some were super cooperative, and others kind of held their cards tight, and uh, I respected that, and that's what made it fun, too. Absolutely. Ron, if I could just go back and touch on Tony for a second, um, you know, he had uh, so many people that liked him, and, of course, there were people that didn't like the the, the program. Uh, but he was brilliant when it came to setting things up. And, you know, he got criticized a bit, obviously, for, um, you know, running uh, his body parts and carbs and all that kind of stuff. But what that ultimately did was make that level playing field. And that's why Cascar succeeded so much. Uh, the rule book and people like Louis Bennett, who enforced it, and just the staff that traveled. I mean, uh, you know, when you have 15, 20 cars qualifying within three-tenths of a second of each other, you're doing something right. 100%. And when you have more cars show up to the race that, or then, then can fit, 
you know fill the field. the field. Yeah, yeah that's uh, that's another sign of a big successful series. And and Cascar never had a shortage of cars. When you look back through the ranks, um, man, it, it, the the feeder system that they had created between the East and the West and the Super Series, um, you know, it it fed itself and and uh, you know continued to, to to flourish all the way right up to the end. Uh, but you know, we have to ask you. You know, it, you did it for a long time, and I imagine that this is going to be a, a very blanket answer. But do you have anything that really stands out? You know, from from the time that you spent in Cascar that you reflect back on a lot. Uh, certainly, Friday nights at Delaware because that's where Cascar started, and that's where I started as a. Um uh, Cascar announcer was Friday nights at Delaware Speedway. So any Friday night, pick anyone over the years, and it was magic. Um, I think, you know, the McCurley Millen and, and what that evolved to over the years, the great Canadian race, Labor Day weekends, they were incredible. We had such good car counts, and, I mean, we even had B features at one point, and the 500 race weekend, and it was just uh, those shows were incredible. Some of the national shows that we had in Calgary and the Vancouver Indy and the road course we created uh, at the Edmonton Municipal Airport, places like that, uh, they all stand out. But you know what? I, I just like the small town stuff as well. I mean, you had your Indies, but you also had, uh, you know, going to a track in Regina, the original track in Saskatoon. Those were awesome little tracks to race on, and uh, there's so much heart and soul when it comes to Canadian stock car racing in those smaller communities. And I just thrived on all of it, and if I could pick one thing, it's actually not even a cash car story, although they'd all be right up there, but it was when we were I was uh, doing the pit road at the Vancouver Molson Indy, and they were going to send it down to me momentarily. It was Michael Andretti's last run in, in Vancouver, and who should walk across the track was Mario Andretti at that moment. So they threw it to me, and I got a great interview with him, and that was kind of a, you know, if you could pick a highlight, that would be one for sure. That's a big highlight. Yeah. That's a that big cool? highlight when you get to talk to Mario Andretti. That, uh, that's uh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. What? And then uh, during the 90s, the early 90s, of course, Cascar raced at New Summerta Beach in Florida, and we went to Dayton. The Daytona 500 every year to watch that, and we're all part of that speed weeks. And being down there and being in the garage and interviewing some of those big stars at the time really helped as well. Yeah, dynamite stuff. We're with Ron Sinclair. He is going into the Canadian Motorsports Hall of Fame come February. Uh, just a, a recent announcement, uh, along with a lot of his close friends, Heading into the Canadian Motorsports Hall of Fame, and it's great news. Uh, Ron, when NASCAR come a-calling and uh, came, came to Tony and uh, CASCAR turned into NASCAR, it became the NASCAR Canadian Tire Series. When NASCAR came a-calling, uh, did you not go with them, or was that not part of the package? Is that where... The, the I don't know that the fort came in the road and uh, you know Ron Sinclair went that way and the the, the <laughs> series went that way is that the fork in the road? Yeah, you know I'll never know what happened obviously from NASCAR's point of view, um, but from my point of view I I had already been living way out west here in central British Columbia where I am as we speak. And, I mean, I was actually flying back to Ontario every weekend for the final three or four years that I did the Cascar shows. So I was in the air 17 hours every weekend, and it just seemed to be the natural time to, 
you know, there was a transition. Uh, I was involved in some stock car stuff out here at that point, what the West Car Tour and Arca West. And there was just so much going on. I was still doing play-by-play of hockey at the same time. So it just seemed to be the natural time to make that break from Cascar to NASCAR. Yeah, exactly. That's what I kind of thought, but I thought, man, I got to ask the man himself uh, because I'll tell you, there was a distinctive difference. And um, really, uh, when that transition all took place, I went, where the hell's Ron? We need Ron calling these races. Uh, Not that Todd does a bad job or Dave Bradley or, you know, like like those guys do a good job. But uh, I can tell you, historically, and I'm getting a little snow on the roof here, uh, maybe a little more than a little, but uh, I definitely miss my Ron Sinclair when that transition all took place. Uh, What are you doing today out there in B.C.? What are you staying out of trouble, and what are you up to? (laughs) Well, I was actually able to parlay some of the uh, hockey broadcast and the... uh, I was doing play-by-play in the Western Hockey League here along with uh, some water sports and and um, I was able to parlay that into a fairly su- successful car sales uh, career for the last 10 years. And uh, just moving a little bit towards retirement a couple of years away and uh, hope to just be able to sit and reflect on all of life's events and those I met along the way and those who helped in every way, shape or form and, uh, you know, just reflect on life. Uh, that's too cool. I'll tell you what, you deserve absolutely every single moment of it as well. And kind of cool, I know Junior last week was on YouTube looking at stuff and watching stuff. He pulled up, like he mentioned at the beginning of the show, he pulled up some of the old Cascar races, and lo and there's, behold, there's Ron. There's a lot of Ron Sinclair on YouTube, <laughs> just you, so you know. Do you ever get a chance to uh, sort of hit the computer and go, ah, let's pull up one of those, I remember that day. Well, I'll run across one every once in a while accidentally, and uh, i got to admit, uh, you know, just being a stock car fan, i got to watch for a couple of minutes for sure to see what's going on. But, you know, the funny thing, uh, uh, because the shows were taped, uh, we had a chance uh, about a week or so in between the shows, so a lot of people used to think I was brilliant because I knew exactly what had happened to a race car, and I'm giving away some trade secrets here, I want you to know. (laughs) So... I had a week between the races to actually call the driver. Hey, what the heck happened off of turn four there? And uh, and then, you know, when I revoiced the, the race the following week, I had a distinctive advantage there. Well, don't don't worry too much. Uh, they're still doing it the same way you laid it out, Ron. They're still doing it on <laughs> tape delay. So, uh, you know, albeit Todd Lewis is normally at the races doing that part of it, uh, the guys in the booth, uh, those guys have got a handy advantage uh, of a, at least three or four days after the event to figure out what part of this two-and-a-half-hour race they're going to make the 38 minutes. It's a tough job for sure. Yeah, I would like to, if I just could, you know, the Eric Thomases and the Joel Robinson and, uh, of course, Jim, those guys were instrumental in uh, in making it all happen. And they were awesome to work with throughout the years. And, and out this way, it was uh, Steve Axon Jackson that actually uh, threw my name into the ring, and he's a local uh, celebrity driver out here. And so from coast to coast, it seems we just had a lot of fun, and it all came together, and I wish we could all go and celebrate the night that it eventually happens. Yeah, uh, that that will be truly a special night. You know, last week we had Alex Nagy on here. Of course, he's also going into the Canadian Motorsports Hall of Fame. And Alex shared a couple of stories, some real funny ones, uh, with him 
And uh, one of the guys from Dodge flying around the racetrack at Delaware. And Tony come down with his arms flying in the air until he could see who Alex was with. And then he changed his tune. How about you, Ron? You got any funny <laughs> stories looking back on the day? Did Tony come down flying with his arms in the air with you? <laughs> I don't remember ever. Tony got mad at me once. That's all I, I was think of. I think it was late getting a result to the newspaper or something. And that's the only time we ever got mad at me. But one of the funny stories is two quick ones. Uh, one was at Delaware when uh, it was a big cast car show, actually. And I asked everybody to stand up for the national anthem. What I didn't know was someone had come up into the booth and left some paperwork there and flipped our cassette over. And I stuck it in the machine to play the anthem back then. And it was the Bulgarian national anthem, <laughs> and one guy down front had his hat on, standing at attention. <laughs> Everybody else was looking around at the booth, wondering what the heck was going on. I almost had to sing it myself that night. And then uh, the other one was uh, at Cayuga, and we had a big 200-lap uh, big show there, big show, big crowd. And I'm uh, standing here with Mr. Slack at the start-finish line. We've already introduced all the drivers, all the dignitary, dignitaries. Everybody that had to be uh, spoken to had been spoken to. And I said, Mr. I turned off the mic and said, Mr. Slack, do you think it'd be okay if we gave the command to start the engines? And he said, son, it's an advertise, advertised 2 o'clock start. It's one thirty-five. Keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> Fill that air time. <laughs> that was a valuable lesson. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I betcha. Man, oh, man, uh, kind of cool back in those days. Who, out of all those years, Ron Sinclair, who is your number one short track racer from Cascar? Who was the guy that you, as a, uh, not as a broadcaster now, as the race fan that I know you are, that you would actually keep a special eye on watching those guys on the track? Who wow. was that guy? You know, I love them all. I mean, I could name every single one of them right now, but the guy's dearest to my heart, just because we're brothers on the road, too, for all those years, but guys like Ronnie Beauchamp, Jr. and Sr., Mike Herniak, of course, uh, you've got Don Thompson and I were tight for years, and uh, just uh, the laps of it, just every one of them. I mean, all, all the way down the line, that's, I don't even want to mention anyone because I just loved them all. And from Delaware... Uh, you know, and he's going into the hall with me, which is just incredible, Steve Robley. And, you know, I have to bring his name up probably as number one, only because we go back the furthest, and uh, and we did the Florida thing, and, and, you know, we were really close all through those years. And uh, going into the hall with Alex, too, I mean, come on, it's just, uh, there's so many Cascar people now who are going to start going into the hall as we move on down the road. Well, everybody, Steve Robley won again. Yeah, Steve, the, yep. He wins everything, that guy. Yeah, he does. Look he at does. that. He's fitting gas right now, and he's still winning. He, man, the guy is just, uh, <laughs> he, you know, he's, he's it, it, the, the Hall of Fame class this year is uh, is really cool to see. Um, there's, there's a tremendous amount of, uh, you know, you guys going in this year that, uh, you know, hold a special place. You know what's crazy is, is that, now I'm getting to the age. I'm always, I was always a young guy, and and now I'm getting to the age where I've seen them race or I've seen them on the air and oh, yeah. you know those types of things. And they're going into the hall now, so now it's making me feel a little bit old. But it's got to make Good. you guys feel real old. <laughs> yeah, we well we do, right, Ron? We both feel like old guys. <laughs> well, I am an old guy right now. But Steve, <laughs> probably I'll tell you uh, at Delaware, you know, we didn't have. Uh, 
text messages and things like that. And heck, we didn't even have electronic scoring back then. But anyway, um, you know, Steve Robley had that big year where he had, I can't remember just offhand if it was a gallbladder or a kidney stone, I think it was, that he had removed early in the year. Anyway, he missed a couple of races. So mathematically, he would have to win every single race with a balance of the year in order to win the track championship. And one win, two win, it starts coming together for him. So as the announcer, of course, every night, every Friday night, he's starting maybe back in 12th or 11th or whatever. Mm. But he's the story because he's got to get to the front. And he has to win if he's going to repeat his champion. And sure enough, he kept working through the field to win. Well, we started getting messages at the uh, Delaware Cast Car office thinking that I was a part owner of Steve Robley's car, and that's why I spoke about him so much, and could I stop talking about him so much? <laughs> <laughs> and the guy just created his own history, didn't he? It was an incredible season. Just, in, I mean, who does that? Yeah. I think it was 15 straight wins. Did he win the championship that year? Yes. Really? He did. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Well, and, and I know what it was. Ron Sinclair pushed him all the way to the win. Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Right. Incredible. <laughs> Ron, this has been tremendous catching up with you tonight. Uh, I know I said last week on the show, if there's anybody, I got to get on this program. It's Ron Sinclair. Uh, I truly look up to you, my friend, and uh, thank you so much for the years of what you've done for Canadian motorsports in calling those races. You, my friend, are the bar. You are the one that the guys have got to clear if they want to get into the Canadian Motorsports Hall of Fame. You did a dynamite job, and uh, you still do today. Uh, we wish you all the best out there in B.C., and uh, hopefully this pandemic can go and we can watch our Canadian juniors go again. Uh, man, I bet you we got a special team coming up this year. What do you think? I think so as well, yeah. I, you know, I'd give uh, I'd give anything to announce another race, but uh, it's not meant to be. We had a run and it was fun, and uh, just to hear you say what you said is, is mind-boggling to me. I never realized in a hundred years that I would affect anyone else that way. So it's quite an honor, and I'd like to thank you guys for having me on the show tonight. Well, uh, and I pray to God, I get my fingers crossed and every other thing in my uh, my body crossed that. Come February, when it comes time to induct all you guys into the Canadian Motorsports Hall of Fame, I sure hope Susie, Joe, and I can be right up there watching you guys because you well deserve it. And I'll tell you what, I'd be the first one on my feet clapping for you guys to go in. Uh, good job, Ron, and thanks so and much. And then I could get your autographs. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be worth a lot now, wouldn't it? <laughs> Ron, thanks so Thank much for the much. time. You be good out there and be safe, will you? You too, as well. Thank you. You betcha. Ron Sinclair, uh, another one of those uh, well-deserved guys going into the Canadian Motorsports Hall of Fame. He was a dynamite announcer. Great guy to listen to, and he, he really added color, man. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, just the reflecting back on, on everything that was Cascar, um, you know, looking back at these races uh, like we were talking about. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I've, you know, for anybody out there, just type in the Cast Car Super Series on YouTube. And, you know, I don't know who has posted them and I don't know, you know, who, who like what channels to go to or anything like that. Uh, I just type in Cast Car and, and there's old interviews, there's old commercials. Yeah. Uh, there's lots of really neat content, but uh, I definitely urge everybody to go back, take a look. Uh, and if you have old ones on tape, put them 
them on YouTube. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's such a neat platform to to go back and watch, whether it be you know a a you know one of the first truck races from Tucson, or or whether it be you know an old ACT or ASA race oh, yeah, or old AC, All Star race. The ACT race that you pulled up from Sobel Speedway yep. starts out with Eric Thomas from Raceline Radio uh, and uh, Dave, uh, Moody. Dave Moody standing in the water at Sobel Beach. In a, uh, I don't know whether it's a tuxedo, definitely nope, suit, a suit. Suit and tie, yeah. They had their pants rolled up, standing in the water, and they throw it to John Massenberg. And there yep. was a guy, John was a true Canadian treasure in this sport. Yep. Um, and taken away way too young. Yep. Uh, John Massenberg, I love that man. He was a dynamite guy. And I know when I bought Sobel Speedway, one of the first guys that called me to congratulate me on buying the Speedway back in 1994 was John Massenburg. That's cool. Yep, he called, and uh, uh, he, along with Dizzy Dean Murray, yeah. uh, were some of the first guys to call. For sure. And uh, yeah, I always looked up to those guys. And that particular race, dynamite to see. And I'll tell you what, Dave Moody, he was just a kid. Yeah. He was just a kid then. Yep. He's and- an old fart now. You can hear him over on Sirius XM NASCAR Radio every day, 3 to 7, Serious Speedway. We got to take a break, Junior. Our final one of the show. We'll be back with lots more tonight. Hey, race fans, this is Scott Stuckley. You're listening to Race Time Radio. You're listening to Canada Talks on Sirius XM, Channel 167. Get your race fix anytime online. www.racetimeradio.com Also available on Facebook. Just search Racetime Radio. And as always, you can drop us an email. Info at racetimeradio.com From two wheels to four and so much more, Rev TV also features exclusive live race series, up-to-date news coverage, documentaries, how-to programs, and so much more. Rev TV offers you the best seat in the house to feel the rush. Go green with Rev TV. Contact your TV provider to order. Even though Napa is a nationally known name, nearly all of our stores are built from the ground up by local owners and families. People you might call neighbors will be here, there, and everywhere. Doing what neighbors do to keep their communities moving forward. You stop by a Napa Auto Parts store. You can count on Napa know-how. Tonight's Race Time Radio is brought to you by Napa Auto Parts Stores, New Glasgow, Andy Ganesh, and Port Hawkesbury, Nova Scotia. You can count on Napa know-how. Broadcasting live from the track. We're here to get trophies. Never give up, baby. Sirius XM NASCAR Radio Channel 90 is your home for all things NASCAR. The yellow lights come on. Oh. Everything's happening so fast. Every race. Hard contact into the safer barrier. Exclusive interviews. This is more than just a job. We don't get caught up in being famous. The only broadcasting outlet in the world. Delivering NASCAR 24-7, 365. Thank you, you are the man. Sirius XM NASCAR Radio. Channel 90. Race Time Radio is fueled by BP Race Fuel. The worldwide leader in race fuel technology. Dawson Dental Centers. Get your victory lane smile at DawsonDental.ca. Race Time Radio is back. 
once again, Joe Chisholm. And welcome back to Race Time Radio. Junior, let's talk some Twitter here, shall we? So it seems like you've uh, kicked the old beehive here. You've got a couple of guys here peeking on a little tweet you put out. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I, I threw out a tweet just, you know, I, I'm, I'm firmly in love with what the Legend Car Series has created. And the Legend Car Series and U.S. Legend Cars, they created a fully techable spec race car. Yep. Right? Yep. Um, there's a tremendous amount of success with what that series is. Now, a Legends car is a small car, right? It's, it, it, it is not the same as a late model. It's not the same as a super late model. It, it is a beginner's class, sure. right? It's the, the core of beginners in, in racing. But the thing that I love about it is, is that everything is techable. Yep. And I'm a firm believer that in the old days in racing, yep. um, there was you would pick a car that was driving up and down the road and you would make that into a race car right mm -hmm. that's the core of what our our business is about is you would go to the scrapyard you would go to the car dealer lot yeah. and you would buy a car and you would convert it into a race car now i know you would modify parts you would change pieces you would make it into a race car well right? as the racing uh, as the parts racing, but developed the yeah. base of it yeah was still what was manufactured in Detroit or what was manufactured yep. in Oshawa or what was manufactured at a plant. That was the success that of was, Cascar. But that was the success of all stock car racing. And All-Star. And All-Star. Yep. So when you look at it, the pickup points, the chassis themselves, uh, you could change the roll cage around. You could move a bar here. You could move a bar there. But there were still rules with it. Yeah. But the clip, the clip itself, the front clip, where the where the suspension was mounted – how the suspension was mounted was all to do with a Chevelle or a, a Torino uh, or yep. a Camaro. Yep. It was all to do with that. And the beginnings of tube clips were that way as well. Yep. They were modeled after a Chevelle, a Camaro, or or what they were modeled after. The very first tube clip yeah. came out, and it was, um, it was Jimmy. Uh, Jimmy Ward came out with it. It in, was in, a two-by-four clip. Yep. We weighed it in his shop. Yep. We weighed a Camaro clip. Yep. And we had to add weight to the tube clip. Yep. No sooner did we allow that tube clip yep. at two by four, somebody came out with a two by three. Exactly. So that it was lighter. Yep. So that you could put 100%. the weight where you wanted yep. it. Yeah. But when you look at, at what is happening today in super late model racing, there are some guys defending, you know, on my you could just go on and, and take a look at it. It was yep. a note that I posted and it's a note just stating basically that that today racing has changed for the worse on the cost side of things because of this. And this is just a belief that I have. Yeah, and, your and, opinion, and you're entitled it, to. Exactly. And, and, you know, when you look at on the opinion side, um, I, I, it's, it's, really, it's really interesting to me how many, people, how many people agree and how many people disagree with, the, with the, the statement that I put out there. But I think it's time that they need to close Pandora's box on the chassis builder side and on the building side of what a chassis can be. That's where, uh, the, at the end of the day, that's the point of that note. And I, I would love to inspire conversation about that because there's so much 
waste happening right now. There's no reason to build a new chassis every year or every two years. Bubba covered it off best. Well, we will pick the conversation up, what do you say, next Sunday night. That's what we're going to start with. Yeah, and, and I'm not trying to stir the pot. You know, I don't want to make people mad by saying that. No, and, and I'm not saying light. anybody's doing anything wrong. But when you look at it, it's a conversation. And, and I love having those types of conversation. We're and, bench racing. And this is it. the time of year to have those discussions. But that is going to do it for us, Junior and I, and Susie Q here in the uh, Race Time Radio studio. Got to thank you all for tuning in tonight. We surely do appreciate it. Want to get you back here next Sunday night, 7 p.m. Eastern, right here on Sirius XM Channel 167 Canada Talks. Going to throw it back to you, Scotty, in Toronto. Continue with some more great programming right here on the channel. Don't you go anywhere. You're going to want to stay right here each and every day and uh, for all time. Stay right here. Sirius XM Channel 167. Have a good week, everybody, and happy Thanksgiving to our U.S. listeners. Please be safe down there. Have a good one, and uh, just keep it to yourself, and you'll have a good time. A big Thanksgiving again next year. Have a good one, everybody. See you next Sunday, 7 p.m. Eastern. Thanks for listening to Race Time Radio. Visit us on the web at www.racetimeradio.com. We hope you'll join us again next time for more Race Time Radio. Come on now, dig, dig, dig. Exclusively on your home for the hardcore race fan. Excellent, buddy, excellent. 